Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Wow, what a great way to start this very special Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas. And once again, we want to thank all of you for uh, coming out and being a part of this. And, and might I say, you are, you're probably the best looking group we've had here all year. So give yourselves a hand for that. You, you did really good this morning. I mean, you went the extra mile and, and, and really put on the dog and, and you clean up well. So uh, we, we sure are appreciative of that. You, uh, would you just tell somebody next to you how good they look right now? Go ahead. Let them, let them know they, they really are looking good. I mean, you could you could honestly tell them, you don't look good. You look Christmas good. Go ahead and go ahead and tell them that. That's that's some good stuff there. And hopefully, as you came in this morning, you were handed one of these that on one side has some great information of what's going on at and through connections, and on the other side is a handy place to take notes. So would you grab that out and get a pen, a pencil, something to write with? You do not want to miss what God has to say to us this morning through His Word. And if you've missed any of the last several weeks, the month of December, we have been, of course, engaged in our Christmas study entitled what? Man, that's weak. Like, Jock halfway said it, and the rest of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. Entitled what? Yeah, it's there on the top of your outline. Come on, people, work with me. Manger mission. And if you missed it, which it sounds like a lot of you have, you can go back to our website, check out, catch up, uh, be refreshed on things you've forgotten. And, and today we're ending up our study on Christmas with the topic of the people of the manger. Because after all, and write this on your outline, it's all about people, right? That's what Christmas is really about. It's about Jesus coming to rescue us, lost, dying, broken in our sin people. And that's good news, right? It's good news to the poor, good news to the broken heart. I mean, we just heard that in song from these amazing kids. Let's give them another round of applause and everybody who worked with them and helped them. They sang the gospel to us today, and that's exactly what it is, the gospel. Listen to what Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 tells us. It says, and I quote, and she will bring forth a son. It's talking about who? Mary bringing forth Jesus. You got that part right. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And here's the great part. For he will save his people from their sins. Who is that that needs saving from their sins? Us. Right on the money. Way to go, Jesse. It's us. We need salvation. We need rescuing. We need help. And that's what the manger mission is all about. Now, I know it doesn't look it, but the fact is I've had the great privilege of preaching the Christmas message for about 30 years now, right? I know it doesn't look it, really. But but back when I first started, me and my buddy over here, Stevie Collins, we didn't have a single gray hair to speak of. And now, he's pretty much so all gray, and my beard is all gray, you know. So time changes things, 30 years. And one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story and study is looking at the people that were directly involved in the birth of our King Jesus. So, as we finish this study today, let's do so by learning some lessons that are life-changing lessons from the people who were at the very first Christmas. 
And we're going to start with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And very simply, Mary teaches us the importance of giving the right answer to God's request. Don't you love having the right answer? Now, how many of you were pretty smart in school? Let me see your hands. Just raise them up. Don't, don't be ashamed. You, you, you got it. I mean, you were one of these straight A's, maybe a B or two here or there. Not like me who struggled to make D's, right? That was me. And so whenever the teacher had some kind of a question she threw out to the whole class that everybody had an opportunity to answer, how many of you were that kid? It was like, me, me, teacher over here. I got the answer. Call on me. I want everybody to know how smart. That's what they're saying. I want everybody to know how smart I am. And then some of you are like me, and you were back in the corner, and you were like in your seat. All of a sudden, she asked a question, and you start going, don't call on me. I don't have a clue. We love having the right answer. I mean, I know I enjoyed it. It was very rare for me. But on those rare occasions when I actually had it, it was like nice to be able to raise my hand and not slump down in my seat. Mary seemed to never hesitate when God asked this enormous task of her. I mean, think about it. The angels come to you and say, God has this message. God has this request of you. God has chosen you to carry out this amazing plan that's going to save the world. He wants you to bring forth His Son, Jesus, into the world. First and only ever virgin birth to take place. Will you do it? Wow. Now, now look at me. Don't get distracted right here. Don't miss this. What if God came to you with some type of request that big? I mean, what would you do? How would you respond? What would be your initial reaction? Would you be like freaking out thinking, oh my goodness, no, you got the wrong person or whatever in it. But what I love about Mary's life and her testimony is simply that, that she never tried to negotiate with God, first of all. Secondly, she never tried to wiggle out of it. Or nominate someone else. I mean, you remember when God came to Moses and said, Moses, I want you to lead my children, the children of Israel, out of the bondage of Egypt and into the freedom of the promised land that I have. And you remember what Moses said? He said, God, I can't go talk to Pharaoh. I can't even put two words together without stuttering. Don't use me. Don't pick me. Take my, my, my brother Aaron. He's, he's very eloquent in speech. You ever tried that with God? Don't look at me like I got three heads. You know what I'm talking about. We've all tried that. We've all used that kind of stuff. God, yeah, but no, it just won't work. I can't. Somebody else is better, whatever. And you negotiate. You try to wiggle out. You try to nominate somebody else. Mary. Mary never, ever did anything like that. Nope. Here's what she did. She basically said, Lord, whatever you want of me, I will do. Would you write that down this morning? Because I have a feeling... <laughs> Just this little gut feeling that we're going to need a reminder of this at some point in time. Maybe even this week or next month in the new year or, or, or sometime down the road. We're going to need this reminder. Here's how this applies to us. Two things. Number one, God speaks to us today. Would you, would you agree with me in that? And some of you are looking at me like, oh, Pastor, what kind of church is this? Who drugged me here to watch kids? And this guy gets up and starts talking about God still speaking today. Well, that's the beauty of God. And us, and the relationship that he wants with us is that he communicates with us on a regular basis. He's always nudging and whispering and telling and speaking and reminding us and having people come and remind us in, in whatever different ways. Through his word, he says, here's what I want you to do. He's always speaking to us on some level or another. So understand that today, God is not silent, right? 
that he communicates with his people, that he loves us dearly, that we walk with him and talk with him just in the days of old when he put Adam and Eve in the garden. And he's going to ask some things of us. And we've got to be ready, secondly, to answer him. Because the answers that we give to God are of utmost importance. I can guarantee that. So let's learn from Mary's heart to always say yes to whatever God asks. Secondly, there's this guy named Joseph that is not really known about as much as Mary and some of the others. He teaches us the importance of doing the right thing because for, for a virgin to show up pregnant that's not by her husband, not betrothed, not married yet. I mean, this was a, this was a tough situation in that day and time. It's nothing like today where anything and everything goes in our society and is approved of and nothing even gets batted an eye at anymore that happens. This is some, some serious stuff. Joseph faced this challenge. And, 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 and don't miss what I'm about to say. Even though he didn't quite understand all of this, and have you ever been there in your life? God, what are you doing? Or what's happening? Or what, what's going on? I don't understand this. Here's what I love about Joseph. Even though he didn't understand all of this, probably any of this, the Bible tells us that he was a just man and wanted to take care of Mary regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of not having all the answers, regardless of not understanding this, being able to grasp this. Listen to me, church. Joseph struggled, but he settled it in his heart and he cared for his wife and the newborn king, Jesus. Folks, that's a big part of what faith is. It's literally doing whatever God asks, even if we don't understand all of it or any of it whatsoever. That's the birthplace of the miraculous. Would you write that down? That is the birthplace of the miraculous. I mean, think about some other occasions in the Bible. I'll go back to Moses again. When he was leading the children out of Israel and he stepped there at the, at the, at the sea and, and, and they, were, they were having the, the Egyptian army right on their tail trying to come after them and, and, and capture them again. And God said, Moses... I want you to take that staff, that rod in your hand, and stretch it out over the sea. Now, i got to tell you, if I'm in that position, if I'm Moses in that situation, i got to be thinking to myself, God, what good's that going to do? only thing that's going to bring is I'm going to be sitting here going, when the army captures me. But I think he knew enough about God to trust him. And so when God said, stretch that out and watch what happens, he did. And bam, guess what happened? The waters parted. There was a pathway created for the children of Israel to all cross over safely. And when the Egyptian army tried to pursue them into the sea, guess what happened then? The walls of water collapsed upon them and destroyed them. And Moses and the Israelites experienced the miraculous. What about when Jesus asked his disciples who, who were wanting to feed this hungry multitude, but they didn't have any resources to do it with except for a few loaves of bread and a few little fish that a guy brought with his, his little sack lunch. And Jesus said, just gather what he has and watch what I do. Begin to give out this, this few loaves of bread and these few fishes and see what happens. And can you imagine what was going through their disciples' mind? Yeah, we're going to get through like three people and they're going to be, we're out! Sorry, thousands of others, you, you go home hungry. We don't have anything else to give you. But guess what? When they began to do what Jesus asked them to do, not understanding what was going to happen, not even, even having any answers whatsoever, they did what Jesus asked. The miracle came. 
You go on and on and on. What about Peter when he's in the boat and the storm is rocking and rolling and the boat's about to go under and all the disciples are afraid for their lives and Jesus comes strolling in the water and Peter said, if that's you, Jesus, bid me to come to you. And Jesus said, come on, son. And he stepped that foot over the boat into the waters and he walked on the water. I'm telling you, folks, some of us need to just do what God is asking of us, even though we don't understand it. And trust him with all of it. I'm going to say this this morning. Some of us right now need to settle some things that you've struggled with for quite a while. And just get this. And here it is. Trust God and leave it in his hands. Amen. That is a huge faith step for some of you this morning. You need to take. So let me ask you this. What is it that you're struggling with in your life at this very moment? Because I can promise you that whatever it is, you will only trust God with it, then guess what? You settle it in your spirit, then you will experience a peace that passes all understand and is going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And it's going to propel you to your destiny in Christ. I love that. I love that. Man. I I don't know. I, I know that that there's these shepherds that were hanging out on the hillside. We just uh, sang about them and the kids and the little video we started with kind of told a little bit of their story. But how many of you just love the shepherds? I, I think I love them so much because I can relate to them. I mean, here's what they learned by being there that very first Christmas. They teach us the important lesson that everyone matters to God. Can you just look up right now with me for a moment? Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look around you. Don't look down at the floor. Just look up. And let that reality settle into you. That you matter to God. That of all the millions and billions of people that are living now or have ever lived at any point in time on this earth, you are unique and you are special. God handcrafted you, created you. He had blueprints in heaven and said, hey, I need a jock smith. So here's how he's going to look. Gonna be a little fluffy around the middle, not so much hair on the top. He's gonna have this amazing personality. He's gonna be engaging and care about people and serve, and that's who he's gonna be, and that's how I'm gonna make him. And if any of you know Jock, you know that's exactly what came out. We like his fluffiness, we like his heart to give and serve and love. And God did that for every one of us. And he did that for those shepherds who were out on the hillside. And even though society didn't really think much of them and they weren't important on the social ladder or or any kind of standing in, in, in 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 the social circles, guess what? Jesus knew who they were. He loved them. He had a plan for them. And he gave them this angelic invitation to come and see the newborn king. To come to Bethlehem, to gather around that manger. Why? Because here's what God wanted them and us to know some 2,000 plus years later. You matter to me so much that I want you to come and be a part of this. Doesn't that just do something to your heart? Doesn't that just grab a hold of you and let you know that you're not insignificant? You do matter. That he does know exactly who and where and what you are. And get this. That he has this incredible plan for your life as well. Now I know some of you hear that and you said, yeah, I've heard that before and I don't buy it. Yeah, I've heard that before and I don't believe it. Well, look at me right now. 
I'm telling you that God's telling you that he cares about you. He knows you. He has this wonderful plan for your life. And if you'll just grab a hold of it and step out in faith and say yes to Christ. Yes to that newborn king that became that man who died to be our savior and rose again. That all the plans and all the designs that he has for you are going to begin to become a reality. But you can deny it all you want to. But guess what? Either sooner or later, you'll wake up to the realization that this is the gospel truth, period. I'm so sure about it. I'll give you my personal guarantee. Not that, that means a lot, but it's the only thing I can think of at the moment. Preacher stuff. I, I say that to Tiffany. I had a preacher dream last night. And I told her about it when she got here. She's like, what was it this time? <laughs> I said, you know, I, with all the uh, technology that's come out, I, I do my notes on my, my, my phone now. And, and I'll, I'll be riding down the road and, and, and thinking about the, the, the message coming up this week or three weeks from now. And, and I'll have notes going with, with messages and sermons and, and, and series and stuff. And all of a sudden, I'll get divinely inspired riding down the road. And, and I'll grab my phone and I'll, I'll hit the uh, talk to text button on my notes. And, well, sometimes that don't go as well. You know what I'm saying? Some words sound like other words, and you look at it later like, oh! And especially if you text them to somebody without proofreading it. I've gotten in trouble so many times lately doing that, so y'all pray for me there. But, I, you know, I do that on there. I compile. I'm, I'm working in my office. I'm putting notes in and stuff. And, and so I, I dreamed this morning, sometime early this morning after the dog woke us up at like 4 o'clock. You ever, you ever have that? And it's like, oh, man. And I don't sleep much on Saturday nights anyway. So I, I have this dream that... That something happened on my phone and a virus got in it and it like eat up every app that I had. Everything was just melting off the screen. I'm sitting there, I haven't copied my notes off yet. I don't have another copy of them and I've got to get up and preach in just an hour or so. And so I dreamed that I, I found Corey Hay. How many of you know Corey Hay? He was that sharp looking guy that was sitting here playing this this morning and, and leads our youth and all that stuff. And, and he's the most technological, advanced, brilliant person that I know personally. I was like, Corey, you've got to help me. You've got to bail me out. Here's what happened. And I handed him my phone, and he, he starts trying to pull some stuff up, and he looks at it, and he pushes a couple buttons, and he's messing with it. And then he looks at me and says, dude, you're toast. I can't help you. And I'm saying, all right, Lord, I just got the notes right here and right here, and we're just going to go for it. But that's not what happened. It was a dream. So thankfully, I woke up, and I whew, checked my phone. I was like, huh? It's still working. We're good. Because you don't want me to wing it, guys. You might be here all day. I think I was going to say, I, I, you know, I don't even know where I'm at right now, but, you know, you just got to help me get back there. We matter to God. Every single one of us matters to him, and he has that plan for your life. Let's, let's take a look for a moment at these guys called the wise men. Now, I know you theologians are going to be out there going, well, Pastor, uh, let me just share a little bit with you. Uh, they didn't show up until like two years down the road. Any, any of you know that that's the, the reality of the wise men? I like to call them the wise men because it just sounds, you know, a little a little funner. They're wise men, right? And uh, down south, we just run everything together a lot, you know, but that's that's okay. But the wise men, they show up a couple years down the road, but they're they're invited by God. There's a star. You remember the star that, that kind of led them to where the Christ child would be at? 
And so he gets there two years down the road, and, and, and they're, they're bringing themselves here. And, and here's what I've always loved about this. I heard a guy say this about 25, 30 years ago. He said, they followed God's star, but I know that they were not disappointed at finding a stable after following a star. Does that make sense to you like it does me? I mean, if you're following this magnificent star that's in the sky, how many of you saw the full moon last night? Man, we were just cruising down the road, and I have—I didn't know. I don't keep up with the moon stuff and when it's full, when it's quarter, when it's waning, when it's waxing, all that stuff. I just have to look at it and say, wow, check that out. Don't you like that? And everybody's looking like there's a UFO or something. What, what, what? And I'm like, look at that moon. It's like huge. So they're following this star, and when they get to the destination that they've been going to, they find a stable. It's kind of, you know, what the story says. But they aren't disappointed. And here's what they did. They brought the best gifts they could bring. And that's the lesson here. Always bring our best to Jesus. And here's what I want you to write somewhere in the margin of your outline. And there's some room there at the bottom. They knew what it was to worship. And listen, I know we talk about this a good bit here at Connections. And we do that because we really believe that God is worthy of our best. And we talk about worship in music and in song and lifting our voices and clapping our hands. And we do that because the Word of God teaches us that that is a big part of how we worship, right? So when we don't do that, when we withhold our gifts from God, you say, well, wait, 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 Pastor. If you heard my voice, you would not describe it as a gift. More like a pain, more like agony, more like a cat getting its tail squashed by a rocking chair. I don't know, but it's definitely not a gift. So guess what? God didn't say, I want you to lift up your voice in song. If you have a quality Mariah Carey, you know, Whitney Houston type voice, then you sing out the rest of you. Don't you dare. There's no pre-qualifications on it. Worship is a powerful thing between us and God and, and letting him know how much we love him, how much we value him, how he is the treasure of our, our lives and, and everything that we have, we just want to give over to him. And we see that lesson. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, I know they're symbolic for different things, but they're the best that was available at that time. And these wise men who really didn't understand all of this themselves they just knew they were supposed to be there they just knew that he was worthy of worship they just knew that they were going to give their very best they just knew that they weren't going to hold anything back what a great lesson that is but here's the greatest gift that they gave to this newborn king are you ready tap your neighbor on the shoulder and ask him if they're ready because i'm not sure if they are are you ready? Okay, if, if, if you're sure you're ready, here it is. They gave Jesus their lives. The ultimate gift. That's what he wanted. That's what he came for. That we would surrender our lives. That he would not only become our Savior, but he would be our L-O-R-D spells. Ah, this side was weak, but I heard you guys. One more time, our L-O-R-D spells. Okay, a little better, a little better, a little room for improvement. And when he's our Lord, that means this. Lord, what do you have for me today? Lord, what do you want for me? Lord, how can I serve you? Lord, how can I bless others? Lord, what is it that you desire of me? God, you are my Lord. You're calling the shots. I've got my hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> Woo, some of you are like, I can't do it. How many of you have heard about these self-driving cars? How many of you heard about these cars that will parallel park themselves? I can't do that. I got some sense. I know how to parallel park a car. I don't need a car doing it for me. 
So I just can't take my hand. I can't even fathom the thought of taking my hands off the steering wheel in a car. But I'm telling you something. I don't want the hands on the steering wheel of my life at all. Because I've done that before. And guess where I always end up? In the ditch. In a mess. Banged up, cut up, messed up. Listen, these guys gave their lives. Like always, people are drastically changed when they encounter Jesus Christ. So are we when we really encounter Jesus. I, I love that they teach us as well this very important lesson. And, and you already know this. I'm just going to remind you of what it is. Get this. Life doesn't always turn out like we expect or plan or think it's going to. Right? Isn't that an eye-opener? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they thought when they arrived to find this newborn king, they were going to arrive at some type of palace or mansion because that's where kings hang out, right? My, my wife is a big fan of Elvis Presley. And so I don't give away the secret, but I'm going to try to take her to Graceland. And I, I've done some research. I've looked it up online and pictures of it it almost looks like a mini mansion you ever any of you ever been there in person anybody at all yeah got one two three i see that hand i see that hand that's preacher talk i see that hand i mean i was amazed at, at how it looked and 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 the beauty of it and, and, and there in memphis tennessee so i'm sure when these wise men got to jesus they thought we're going to see this palace we're going to see this palatial mansion this place is worthy of a king but instead found a humble child in a humble home with ordinary parents in so many ways and and hear me this morning again there's so many great lessons here for us with these wise men and one of them is that life doesn't always turn out like we hoped or planned or think and we've got to bring our best regardless of it and that's tough because when we do, that's when the miraculous takes place. Amen? It, we, literally, we've got to praise Him in the pain. We've got to praise Him in the prison cell. We've got to learn to praise Him in the problems of life. And when we do, God will bring something miraculous to our lives because we did it regardless of the situations we found ourselves in. When we learn to fully see Jesus for who He is and not try to plan out everything in our lives like we think that incredible things begin to take place. I've got a word for many of you in this room and outside of it that's watching this or listening later on. Please don't let disappointment distract or destroy you. Press on and truly see the miracles in the unexpected and unplanned seasons and times of your lives. I I'll just say this. This church that all of you folks and all these kids and everybody's packing out right now. This ministry called Connections. It's a greater ministry. The, 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 the weeds down in Honduras, our full-time missionaries, the, the outreach ministries, all the things that take place, the, the, the blessing boxes at Thanksgiving, the angel tree gifts that you folks so willingly and sacrificially gave to this year to bless needy people. Guess what? All of this was born out of an unplanned season in my life. When I had a wife who walked out the door and left me behind and said, I don't want any of this anymore. After 20 years almost of ministry together and everything, she left and I was broken hearted. I was confused and didn't understand. And I was hurting and I just, it was just a, it was a landmine. And after some time of healing, God began to rumble something in my spirit along these lines that come from the word of God. 
The gifts and callings go without repentance. I have not left you and I am calling you to go and use your gifts and plant a church. And I said, no. (laughs) Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I am done with all that. And God said, oh, you just think you're done. (laughs) I got a surprise for you. Ten plus years later, God is changing lives because we said yes. God is changing lives because we we pressed on in the unplanned season of life that happens to all of us. I'm here to tell you this morning, you're going to hit some curves. You're going to go for some loops. Remember the old white lightning ride at Carowinds? Big loop and then big loop backwards. You've lived that. You've experienced that. You know what those loops are like. But here's what I know without a shadow of a doubt. When we don't lose faith, when we don't give up, when we don't throw in the towel, and we continue to praise God in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the unplanned seasons, then guess what? God honors that faith because he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be that brother that sticks with you always. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just go with God. And hold on to his unchanging hand and see what he brings that's beautiful in and through your life. And then number five on your outline, what about us? You're like, well, Pastor, uh, over 2,000 years ago, I wasn't really at the manger. But let me just ask you to do something with me as we finish up this part this morning. Put yourself right there around the manger right now. Put yourself there looking at Jesus in that feeding trough because that's exactly what it is and 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 just for a moment what is the impact on your life what what is your response what what are you learning what are you grabbing a hold of in your life what what do you take away from being there and really seeing Jesus for who he is we talked about the power of the manger last week and if you missed that go back and check that out seeing God's great love on display in that feeding trough, in that stable. Because I'm going to tell you, that's exactly what really matters at the end of the day. What about us? Do we embrace Jesus as Savior and Lord? Because He's the... (laughs) He's the main attraction. We can't forget him. He's the one lying there. He's the one that was promised and and foretold and and, and was delivered upon by God himself. He teaches us the willingness to, to give our lives to save others. He said, I came to lay my life down for all of you. To take away your sins, to cover you, to forgive you, to change you from the inside out. Listen, Jesus Christ is the gift that is for every single one of us that will have him. I mean, here's how you could really, really describe it even more appropriately. Love came down to where we are. Real love, and I'm going to tell you, real love always does a number of things, and I just listed a few of them. Number one, it attracts people. You can't help but just to be be magnetically drawn to, to love and acts of love and kindness. That's why we embrace that so much in our society. When somebody steps out of their way to help somebody and love somebody, you need a kidney with the same type? I'll give you one. I've got two. I've got an extra. Have one of mine. That kind of stuff just blows us away, and we're drawn to that. We can't get enough of it. Real love changes us. It just does something inside of us for the good. Real love is 
we witness through Jesus' death saves people. <laughs> and I mean really saves us completely. And here's another great benefit of real love. And look at me. It gives us the power, the ability to really love others around us. That, I readily admit, aren't always that lovable, right? I mean, you got some Christmas gatherings coming up that you, you're going to you know, be around some of those people that are a little challenging. I mean, just a smidge challenging to love. And you're like, man, I, I really need this. Well, it's a good thing. It worked out really well, right? It empowers us to love other people. Listen, real love changes the world. It changes the world. And that's exactly what the manger mission has accomplished. And as you close your eyes for just a moment, I want to ask you this question. Have you allowed, because it's here, it's, it's, it's amongst us, it's readily available. Have you allowed the real love of a real Savior, Jesus Christ, to truly change your life? Have you accepted Him? Have you embraced the gift that is Christmas? That is exactly what Christmas is. Christ came for you. For you, for every one of us who will embrace him. Not just in the manger, but into our hearts and into our lives. If you're in this room and you would say, hey, I haven't made that decision or I did a long time ago, but man, I haven't been living anywhere close to where I need to be living for Jesus Christ. Would you just raise your hand right now with every eye closed in this room and say, pastor, pray for me. I want to know what Christmas really is. I want Jesus to take over my life. I surrender fully to him and hold nothing back. Would you just raise your hand up right now if that's you in this room? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. How many others will join these, these folks? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. How many others? This is your day. This is your Christmas, your moment, your opportunity, your time. Would you just join these and see what God does for you? One more area I really want to pray for. There are some others that, that God's speaking to your life. I know and I'm going to give opportunity for that. But this one it just seems to keep pounding in my heart. And that is for those of you that have, have been or are right now going through some unplanned seasons in your life. Some unexpected twists and turns. And, and it's kind of rocked your world. And you're like, I don't know what to do. I've, I've been confused, hurt, lonely, struggling big time. I just... I'm about to throw in the towel, but I, I know I, I don't need to do that. So I just need God to show up and help me. I need him to bring a miracle, the miracle of Christmas into my life right now. Would you just raise your hand around this room and say, that that's me. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. How many others? Just raise your hands up. Yes, ma'am. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. That's what it's all about. Jesus came. To bring healing and wholeness, salvation, and everything, everything we would ever need. To bring us fulfillment, hope, purpose, peace, love, joy. All those great gifts. And some of you might be in here and say, you know what? I kind of relate to Joseph. I don't understand it all. I've kind of wrestled with some of it in my life. But today, God has called me to settle it. And just trust him to settle it in my heart in my spirit and trust him moving forward can i see your hands if that 
may be you right here, right now. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for your faith. Thank you, sir. How many others? Just just raise that hand and say, yep, that's that's where I'm at. And maybe I didn't call out what you're dealing with right now, but if you if you need God to show up in a, in a powerful way to change something in you, would you just raise your hands as well all across this room? And here's here's what I want to ask. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I want to ask that all of you that did raise your hand, or maybe you didn't, you're wrestling with some things in your life, and you know you need God to show up in a big way. Would you just come and join me right here at the front of this church right now? Come on. Come on. Make your way down. Thank you for taking that faith step. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. Don't hesitate. And I want some of you that sits in the in your hearts that you're supposed to be here praying with these people you're these are your family in christ and some of them are joining your family right now would you just begin to make your way and golly would you just surround them with love and begin to, to pray with them and with us and join us as we just give it all to jesus right now it's <laughs> the best best part of christmas this is christmas this is what it's all about any others that feel like you need to come and be a part of this, we're going to give you a few more moments. Would you just come now? Just make your way. Don't, don't hesitate. This is family. You are loved. And, man, God is changing lives. I want some others to come and pray with these young men over here to my right, your left. Would, would some men come and, and just rally around them over here on this end? And anybody else that maybe hasn't made your way down now, would you do that at this moment? Love came down in the person of Jesus Christ, God's amazing son. Everybody else stand to your feet across this room. Stretch your hands this way and join us as we get down to business with God and surrendering fully to him. Jesus, we love you because you first loved us and you came to us like a child that's lost, Lord, and the parents would do anything to search and find and seek them out, God. You are a heavenly father. You sent Jesus down to earth to, to reach down and find us, to come amongst us and be with us and love us here on this level, God. And Lord, he took that greatest step of all and he laid his life down on Calvary's cross and he said, don't worry, I will defeat death, hell, and the grave. And on the third day, he rose again and did just that all for us because of his great love. He came on this rescue mission, this major mission, knowing everything that would happen ahead of time. He still came because he loves us. He came to heal us, came to forgive us, came to fulfill us, came to let us know how valuable and precious we are, that we matter to him, that we matter more than the, than the planet, we matter more than the whales, we matter more than the trees, we matter more than any other, other of his creation. God, we matter most. And Lord, you are touching lives right now with that, that truth and that reality. For those who said, I need Jesus to come in and be Lord of my life, I just pray as they pray right now. Heavenly Father, I surrender my heart, my life. I accept Jesus Christ into my life to be Lord of my life, to be my Savior, to cleanse me of all my sins and everything I've ever done or ever will do. God, I'm covered by the blood of your precious spotless Lamb, Christ Jesus. I am made whole today. I am made free today. I am no longer a slave to sin, but God has come and rescued me. Thank you. Thank you, God, that a revival is brewing in this room right now in the hearts and lives of men and women and young people, God, and the fire that is being put.
their hearts by the Holy Spirit cannot be put out, Lord, by the things of this world. You win. Jesus is victorious. And we fully surrender and give our all to you right now. The merriest of Christmases we'll ever have, I firmly believe, is this Christmas. Because, because we all surrender. Would you just do that right now? Whether you walk down to the front of this church or not, would you just surrender your entire life over again right now? Reaffirm that commitment. If you made it before, just say, Jesus, once again, my life belongs to you. My days are yours, God. My gifts are yours. Your plans are my plans, God. I want to live my life completely for my King and His kingdom. God, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you today. We call these things done, not because some preachers up here praying, but because of who you are and the power of the risen Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Would you just reach over if you're at your seat right now and put your hand on the shoulder of the person that's standing next to you if they're still there. Would you just begin to pray this way? God, whatever burden they may be carrying this Christmas season, 2018, whatever pain they've experienced this year or years past that still lingers in their lives, whatever hopelessness, whatever discouragement, whatever disappointment, whatever woundedness they've experienced in their lives up to this moment, God, I pray for healing. I pray for freedom. I pray that you would do a work in them this year that you've never done before. And then when they leave this this place we call our church building, they would leave all of those things behind. And they would leave changed. Truly, eternally, miraculously changed by Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Would you worship with us now as you're standing across this room? Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.